What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Gift of Emmanuel podcast. Uh, today is a very special episode because we got our first interview, and we're just going to be talking and having a conversation and helping helping uh, all the viewers understand a lot of different things. We're going to talk about faith, hearing God's voice. We're going to talk about a, a lot of different stuff. And, yeah, uh, without further ado, uh, we're here with Miss Carlissa Franklin. And, Hi guys. <laughs> yeah, we just we just going to have a uh, a good conversation. It's nice to finally talk to you in person. And for sure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. I, when I seen when I seen your page the first time, I remember I I don't even know how I found your page. It's crazy. Mm. I just was like I seen a video and I really needed it right then and there, and wow. I posted it, and you said something back like you responded back, and mm-hmm. it just it was crazy. And God is good. Watching your videos ever since. God is good. No, I'm really glad you commented too, because from there I followed your page and you started mm-hmm. posting too, and I was like, "Oh, this is so cool!" Yeah. Like I seen you had something referring to Jesus in your bio, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm so like <laughs> cool." And then you actually started posting, and I was like, "Oh my God, like this is so dope!" Yeah, for a while it it took me a while because I was posting on TikTok for a long time, but it took me a while really? to just okay go on Instagram because uh, it was like a kind of a fear because everybody I knew for all my life was on Instagram, you know. You know mm-hmm. how it be. For sure. For sure. It it definitely is intimidating when people, especially when they know the old you and it's like. Yeah, they're like, hold up. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's just, it's a little awkward. So I understand that. I do. Yeah. But uh, when I was uh, looking at your YouTube, what really got me was your testimony. Mm-hmm. Because like, just like how you were saying that you was asking God, um, like, what's going on? Like, what what do I do? And, you know. And it was during COVID, and that was hard for a lot of people. For so, sure, like, yeah. you can just talk about that for, like, a little bit. Yeah, Um. so, honestly, God finally got me together during COVID, because that's when my life fell apart completely. I, my mom was sick, um, and it was just, you know, a sensitive time being that, you know, obviously COVID, she couldn't afford to catch COVID because it could be life-threatening to her. Right. So, I had to spend... I mean, all of us had to spend time in the house, but even after the world kind of opened up, I was still at home and just a lot was going on. Again, like I said, everybody, you know, was kind of going through it, but a lot was going on and I was losing friends left and right. Um, COVID really exposed a lot of the people around me and whether I liked it or not, a lot of my relationships as a whole of all kinds fell apart. And once my last friend that I would speak to every single day, like that went left, I was like, okay, God, clearly you're speaking and I don't even have a choice because I don't have no friends. So, you know, I would just crack open this Bible. I got a one year Bible so that it would be kind of digestible for me to read. And I started from there. And once I got to reading the Bible for myself, I got to know God for myself, not the kind of God that you just hear about other people quoting scripture or what they tell you in church like I got to know him for myself I was like mm, okay and that's when the game really changed for me personally yeah uh and that losing friends part a lot of people don't like a lot of people get tripped up there because they like hold up like I'm losing friends people gonna look at me different mm-hmm. a lot of us can like stop like stop walking with God because of that because yeah. like like the, the the friendship is just like is, is leaving and everybody just looking at you in a different way. And it's just, it can be scary sometimes. So like, how, did, sure. you, how did you get over that? 
like I said, I didn't have much of a choice. Like it just was kind of one of those things where it was like, there's nobody here anyway. So we might as well um, just start from the ground up. And if I'm being honest, I was by myself for a very long time um, before I started to kind of sort of get friends again. And that was what, three years ago. And I feel like I'm more in a space of actually starting to build real kingdom friendships now than I was back then. And I believe that was intentional. Back then, I I wasn't ready to be a good friend. So God had to just take me through a process of walking without friends and really just learning from him before I could actually come back and find kingdom friendships, if that makes sense. Yeah, so like isolation. isolation. For sure. Yeah. I feel like my my isolation period was a little longer than it needed to be because I don't listen. But (laughs) I was thinking like, that's crazy because like, I mean, I feel that same way right now because like... I didn't have a lot of friends, you know, I played basketball, so I know a lot of mm. people, but as I'm getting closer to God, it's just like, mm. I don't even know what's like, and people calling me and I'm just like, I can't talk about that stuff anymore. Yeah. I can't, I can't be there no I more. Agree. So, like, and like, I agree. sometimes uh, it had me thinking like, how am I going to help these people? You know, I can't talk to them. I can't be around them. And like, yeah. so I, I was like, if you had some encouragement for people, like, how do they just like... Um, I would definitely say just keep going. Like, I know it doesn't make sense. I know it gets hard. Um, one of my biggest issues with God is like, God, you are not a physical being. And I really wish you were a physical being so that I could have a physical friend. Um, and it definitely, like I said, it gets hard because as natural physical beings, you want a physical representation of love or camaraderie of some sort. And it's like, while God is there, sometimes you still feel very much alone, but I would say get all that you need from God in this season. Like, again, I know it's easier said than done, but it's like, you don't know what he's preparing you for. You don't know what's next. Um, my biggest thing with the waiting season is like, okay, God, what, what do I need? Um, what am I not seeing about myself? That's the perfect time when you have nobody around. It's the perfect time to uproot and face all the ugly that's lying dormant that you don't know about. This way, nobody has to know but you and God until you have to testify or something to that effect. But it's like you're in the perfect spot to not hurt anybody else's feelings, to be as ugly as you need to be, to face whatever fears you're dealing with, tackle it head on, purify yourself of those things so that when he does allow you to go out there you're able to just be free and offer your best self to the people that you're actually looking for you know what I mean I feel like so often we're looking for I'll speak for myself an escape from isolation when it's like I don't want to be the type of yeah it's like I don't want to be the type of friend that somebody has to heal from though so do what you need to do while I'm by myself so that I don't have to worry about hurting the next person you know what I mean yeah and I, it's crazy because I never, I never looked at it like that. I looked at it as, which is a good viewpoint, a great viewpoint, but I looked at it as like, you know, I'm just getting myself together so I can, you know, help these people. But I never even looked at it that deep because I like, I'm not the best person. So yeah. I could go into a relationship with the same hurt that I didn't allow God to heal me from. Yep. Now I'm just throwing it on somebody else. So that's, that was real good. Like, Yeah. I definitely had to learn it the hard way though. I'm not going to lie. I definitely tried to escape the isolation period and that's when god was like let me show you you and why i need you to sit here that's why i that's why i know what i know now but like you speak it to my current situation sometimes because <laughs> I, I i i feel like i'm isolated still but mm-hmm. to a certain extent and you mm-hmm. you saying you coming out of that and like have you been building like have you do you see the the relationships being built up right now yeah. So the crazy thing is most of my friendships are not physical ones, like people that are here. I, I actually am friends with people 
all over the nation. And it's like, God, I want a friend that's right here. (laughs) And I'm grateful for the friends that I have. Like they're the friends that I have now are way different from the friends, the physical friends I've had in the past. And I'm not writing everybody off. I have some physical friends that are amazing, but I'm talking about my kingdom friendships specifically. They're all online friendships and the bond that God has allowed me to build with these people, even though they're not physically here. Wow, God, that's a really good revelation. Um, <laughs> the bond that I'm able to, to like find with these people, although they're not here, it's like that it, you can look at our relationship with God in the same way, right? He's not a physical being like I was just complaining about a second ago, but the relationship that I've built with God, nobody can take from me. And I feel that way about my kingdom friendships, although they're not here right now. We might have to take a trip in order to see each other. It's like literally blood could not make us thicker. And I mean that wholeheartedly. It's crazy. And that's the type of uh, friendship that we all need, like that a lot of us don't have. We got a lot of friendships that's damaging and just like uh, just pulling from each other without any, you know, any good. Like return. Yeah. I like what you said, because like this whole podcast is about God being a gift. When he gave it to me, he was just saying like, he's the gift. And mm-hmm. like all throughout history from Adam and Eve to now, he's put himself out like right there for people to have. That's so we good. And appreciated him. And like, even with the, the Israelites, you know, uh, Adam and Eve didn't appreciate him, you know, all, all. all of these things. And like, when you saying you had to sit in that isolation season, it's making me think, and you said you had uh, friends who are far, far away, you know, but y'all can, you still connect. And I would think mm-hmm. like, we have God who was like right here. Like, it's just yeah. so crazy. He's so close. And we want that physical connection. We want to give him a hug. And, you know, but yeah. like, I was going to ask you at the, at the end of the uh, episode, but I might as well ask you now, like, oh, yeah. the gift of Emmanuel podcast, like, what is your uh, God is the gift moment? Like, you just realize, like, wow, you're really the gift. I appreciate you so much. I feel like I have those moments maybe once a week, really. So I can't. I think the the best example I could give, it's it's just the fact that he's literally, like you said, here. There are a lot of times where I feel very overlooked by the people around me and God will give me a sign or give me a blessing of some sort to show me like I've seen you the whole time. Like I've the tears you cried. I didn't miss any of them. The prayers you prayed. I didn't forget any of them. But I remember um, sitting alone in my Dallas apartment just desperate for God that day. Like I drove home in tears. Um, I just, I felt very alone because I was alone, you know, across the country. I'm originally from Jersey, but um, I felt very alone, you know, Um, didn't have much friends, didn't have much money because I just, there was a lot going on. And that night I literally um, remember just instead of praying, like sitting on my floor and praying, like I usually do, I just began to sing and I was singing. And as the song would come to mind, I'd sing that song and just flow into another one. And it didn't have to be perfect. It didn't have to sound good. I sang till I was hoarse for maybe like an hour, an hour and a half. And I kid you not towards the end of like the hour mark, I felt God's presence so heavy, like an actual weight on me. And I wasn't alone all of a sudden. It was not scary in a sense, like I was frightened, but it was like, God, you are so real Mm -hmm. that you would choose, like you have so much things that you could be doing, but you choose to sit with me. You choose to listen to these songs, whether I'm on key or not. (laughs) And 
and you're you're literally here although my parents are miles away my sisters all my friends are miles away you're here and i think that has to be one of my favorite god, god encounters to this day yeah it, that's that's so nice because like when you get those moments like that you just you notice like okay he just wants to be with his children yeah literally like i remember one day um like i was like you know wrestling with god like i don't want to do this i don't want to do this thing mm-hmm. and he was just like, I just want to spend time with you. That's all he said. And I'm just like, oh my God. okay. Like, I, yeah. it, just, it just hurt my heart because I just was fighting yeah. so hard. I was being so stubborn. Mm-hmm. You just want to spend time with me. And yeah. that's what I really, I want everybody that ever hears my voice to understand that God, he really wants to spend time with us. He really loves us. He He's funny. Like he wants to enjoy us and, and so we can enjoy him. So yeah, like. I just really want everybody to be able to pull that from, from you know whatever I say out of my mouth. That is beautiful. Yeah, he it, it's God. God is just God. yeah. Like, but if you think about it, it's 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 the whole reason he died on the cross. And I, mm-hmm. the longer I stay on the the earth, the more I realize like God, you really came down here just to talk to me. Like you you sent your son so that you could have a relationship with me, little old me. You knew I was going to sin. You knew I don't listen, okay? You knew I was going to stab you in the back and go my own way, and you still said, yeah, I'm going to send my son to die for her. That's crazy. Like He was in the perfect place. He was in heaven. He had everything he needed. He always had everything he needed, but he said, you know what? It would be even better if my children could be with me. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. I love that visual. Thank you for that. Wow. No problem. But on the other side of that is mm-hmm. when you feel so far from God, when you don't feel like he loves you, when you don't feel like he likes you, because yeah. like, you keep messing up and you just you just keep being a human. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you just keep the faith and keep doing what got you where you are? Like. Um, God, and I know that's such a basic answer, but there's nothing special about me. I don't have this super strong will. You know what I'm saying? I even talked about like in my testimony video that there was a point in time where I didn't even want to live and God gave me that. You feel what I'm saying? He gave me that will to live. There's, there's nothing that I could say that's super inspiring because none of this was done in my own strength. You get me? Um, cause if I had it my way, I would have been out a long time ago. So I just, even when I feel unlovable, even when I feel like God himself does not like me, whether it's because I did something I shouldn't have or because he put me through some sort of test, not realize, me not realizing I need that test and he loves me that much that he would put me through that. It's like, I can just feel him tugging at my shirt when I'm ready to give up. Like, hey, right. <laughs> I got you. Hey, don't give up. Hey, this is what I'm teaching you. Hey, you know, I still love you, right? Come on. Okay. I know you're upset. But get on up. We got work to do. It, there's nothing special about me that keeps me going. God Himself literally keeps me afloat. So yeah, and I was gonna say like that. Every time, every time you say something, it just I just think of scripture in my head. But please go ahead. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Sometimes, sometimes it's not even us. Like he was, you know, he was sent. Uh, it was some one verse. He was like, um, even when you're unfaithful to me, I will be faithful to you because I can't. I can't go against who I am. I have That's to be me. So good. Like I have to be me. I can't be anybody else but me. And I'm God. Mm-hmm. And I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. So like when I told you I would never leave you nor forsake you, I meant, I meant that. It. Like, like and he really like when people be saying, 
I'm like uh, be a man of your word. Like he really stands on his word. He do not move for nothing but his word. His word is him. And that's something that he had to remind me of. Like in the beginning was the word mm-hmm. and the word was God mm-hmm. and the word was with him. So it's like he, his word is himself. Like exactly. they go together real bad. So he can't contradict himself. He can't. I think and that's just, so fire. Yeah. And, I, and that's, that's one thing that really, that pushes my faith is mm-hmm. when I remember like, okay, he can't lie. So like a lot of times, like, a thought would come through your head and it, it just be the enemy really, you know, telling mm-hmm. you like, oh, maybe you missed your time limit, you know, you, you waited yeah. too long. God not going to do this no more. And that's really one mm-hmm. of, that's the biggest thing that the enemy is trying to stop us from having faith. Because mm-hmm. you can't please God without faith. And you can't, you can't even go to heaven without faith because you got to believe. In you have to believe. Okay. That's so right. good. That's yeah. so good. But like like they said, faith is the currency of the kingdom. Like mm-hmm. you literally can't do anything without it. So yeah, if the enemy can really rob us of that, I mean, he he won. Yeah. And that and that's hearing it in that simple in that like in, in a simple and plain term like that, faith is the currency of the kingdom. I think it's it makes a lot of people just like, okay. Okay, if I if I want this or or if I need this, if I if I want relationship with God, I just gotta have faith. All I gotta do is believe, mm-hmm. even when I don't feel like getting up, even when I don't feel like I'm enough. Yeah. I can say it. I can speak His word because His word says I'm enough. Mm-hmm. That's so um, good. Yeah, I'm just I'm just getting a lot of revelation. In my no, head. you're good. Like you're good. I'm here. <laughs> uh, another thing I want to talk about is you know how you how God just moved you from Jersey to Texas, you know, out of mm-hmm. the blue. Well, how he prepared you out of the blue. Yeah. Um, I think that's really funny um, because I was really minding my business. I thought kind of just sort of content with mm-hmm. where I wasn't content with where I was, but I was kind of like, I gave up on the whole moving out of the state thing. I was like, all right, God, I'm going to just realistically with the job I have right now, I, I really could probably afford to live in a room or buy a real cheap apartment way across the state. Yeah. It might take me a little bit to go to work, but at least I have my own space. I was content with that. And I was walking my dog on a random night and he was like, you're moving to Dallas. And I was like, who is moving to Texas? Like that wasn't even a desire that I had. Honestly, like I've seen people prospering in Texas and that was great, but I did not think. Just so random. Yeah, I was, I was literally minding my business and I heard it clear as day and I was like, nah, I can't be. I was in denial for like a good week, maybe like a good month. And then, like I said, I I had a fake relationship sort of kind of that I was working on and then he kind of just removed himself and I said, hmm. Okay, well, ain't nothing else holding me back. You know, like, let's go ahead and see what this Texas thing is talking about. So that happened in August. Um, So he told me in May, everything fell apart again in August. So I just went on a trip in September. I planned it so last minute. Everything was so expensive because I did not properly plan, but I could just feel God tugging me. And I was like, all right, I mean, I got a little bit of my savings. Let's go ahead and see. And... I can't even lie to you. It made no sense. Like I was so anxious 
until the plane touched down in Texas and he was like, welcome home. And like a piece that surpassed my understanding literally met me. Didn't even make it off the plane. Like it landed and God was like, welcome home. And I was like, nah, that's insane. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> Anxiety was gone. I was driving that's around crazy. in this base. It was a, a Chevy Impala or something like that. Basically this cop car, this big body Benz. Mm driving around confidently like i knew where i was going like i had so much peace joy um yeah and joy and i just was enjoying the views i was near the city so i was like this is really nice um and i did more than anything i, I slept believe it or not I, I wanted to go on all these apartment tours i went on a few the first day but i slept more than anything and it was in me sleeping that i had a prophetic dream mm-hmm. that my move to dallas would be my rebirth and I was like, okay, that sounds exciting, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. So he didn't say anything else to me about moving to Texas until November. I was approached by a friend, was like, hey, I'm thinking of moving to Texas, but I'm not sure where. So I'm like, hey, girl, I'm thinking about moving to Dallas. She's like, okay, cool. Let's take a trip together. I'll see what it's about. We both loved it. Had a grand old time. I had a couple more prophetic dreams right before the trip. And then I hit the ground running once I got there found the apartment although I had no job I was like okay I I could see God is leading me here God I hopped back on the plane I found the apartment right before I hopped on my flight kid you not I was there for three days didn't find anything right up until my last apartment tour right before the flight I booked it last minute loved it it's like okay cool God hopped on the plane was like well God I'm gonna need a job I don't know who you would give an apartment without a job that's insane but hey I'm gonna need me a job and they called me within the next 24 hours with interviews lined up. And I got the second job I interviewed for in 72 hours. That's it. Flat. Like three interviews back to back to back. Got the job in 72 hours. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm moving. And I had two weeks to get it done. Two. He was just showing you how intentional and like this is me right here. Like, that's I'm so scared of God. Like, I was like, God, I <laughs> all the prayers I prayed that year came to fruition in two weeks. I was so scared. Like, you hurt me that whole time, God. Wow. Just have that's that's the stuff that just have you in awe. You just stuck. Like, hold up. Like, how? Like, mm-hmm. how? he's like, I I was doing this the whole time. The whole time I was waiting on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. That's insane. And like, like, but once you got there, like, did you have any struggles, like, initially, like? When I moved, for real? Like, yeah, when you first got there, you know, you started working, like, what was your thought? Oh, my God. When when I say everything hit the fan after a week and a half, a week and a half, that's all I got. I'm talking right before I started work, my dog got gravely sick, gravely sick. So, um, I didn't have much money to my name, spent all my money just trying to get there, had no idea. Cause you know, it was, um, I moved the day after Christmas or two days after Christmas. So with it being a holiday, your money in your account isn't actually coming out. They're not showing you what you have left. Dead broke. Dead broke has to ask my parents like, Hey, like the car shipment guy is getting here today with my car. Um, I only got a thousand dollars and this cost fifteen hundred, like or it was twelve, I don't remember. I think it was like fifteen hundred. And my parents spotted me the money. They were not happy about it. But they spotted me the money. And then 
they were like, keep the keep the money that you have, start working everything, and then, you know, you can slowly pay us back or whatever. My dog got gravely sick, called my parents up again, like, yo, this is the, the amount of money they're asking for, or he's he just might die. Like, we're just not sure. Wow. Um, I remember, so this was all January. I'm going through being broke. My dog is, you know, sick towards the end of the middle of the month. They got him on like some sort of like fluids and stuff, trying to figure out what they can do, trying to flush the the situation out. And I kid you not, day number two, I'm going to hurry up, but day number two of him being sick, he was like, I mean, he wouldn't move. He wouldn't eat. It was insane. And my sister was like, all right, get up. Let's pray. I was like, okay, cool. Like, I would love to. I just don't have it in me tonight. Mm -hmm. We prayed fervently that night and he woke up. He woke up bright and early, jumped off the bed, oh, was wow. going through the house looking wow. for food. I was like, okay, God. Uh, it was like a totally different dog that day. Um, and he was much better from then on. But I went through a period of both of my dogs getting sick back to back. And I still can't even tell you what it was that caused that, um, especially because they're both on prescription food. Like, I don't play no games. Right. They don't eat no outside food. I mean, back to back, they were both sick. I was dead broke trying to keep up with both of them um, on top of me having to pay all the bills by myself for once, not calculating things properly. God had to become my friend, my father, my financial advisor, my stylist to keep me looking absolutely decent. Although I was dead broke. Um, it just was insane. So I really had to lean on God like never before because this happened when I had just got out there. I didn't have a chance to make friends. Um, I was like, God, I still got to have gas money to go to work. Um, didn't have no furniture for a hot minute. I mean, all I had was the bed my parents bought me and a bookshelf and a desk. That's it. Um, I bought my couch on credit. It was just a whole bunch going on. So my life in Dallas was not short of struggle, but the struggle was what kept me in my house reading my Bible. And that's when, you know, I read my Bible before getting to Texas, but me being by myself and struggling is what actually taught me to study the Bible because that's all I could do. Mm-hmm. That's all I could do. I was like, I, YouTube, watching YouTube videos and sermons is not going to do it. I need, I need the real and I need to know it yeah, now because I can't, yeah, I can't. There was nothing else that could satisfy me mm-hmm. then. You feel what I'm saying? Like I was desperate and God just knew what to do, how to set the scene up so that I could again be at his feet, getting to know him for real this time. Yeah. And he he really, he really broke it down so that you could just lean on him. So like, so like you can learn to lean on him because when we, if we lean, like your story really remind me of Abraham because. Really? Called, called him out of his father's land. He left his father's land. He told Mm -hmm. him you're going to have a son. You can't have a son. Nothing is working out. Everything is going crazy. You know, yeah, it's just a lot going on, but he trusted him, and everything kept working out. He kept getting blessed, like amen. And but like, no, nah, God really wants us to like lean on Him, and you know, your testimony really tells it to people, like amen. how much, how much uh, the struggle refines us and makes us new. It's not just for nothing, you know. Yeah. So I think that's that's real good, and. Oh, I was I had a thought, but I just I just kind of lost it. But no problem. If it comes back, it comes back. Yeah. Um. Dang, I just lost my thought. It kind of tripped me up. But oh yeah. Uh, I wanted to go back to about um talking about transitioning from the world 
you know, mm-hmm. into a relationship with God. And like, even if it's like baby steps, how do you take that step towards it? So I would definitely say the biggest advice that I share all the time, because this is literally what sparked my relationship with God on a real level was, um, this was at the end of 2020, everything again, fell apart. I was so angry at everybody, including God. So I wanted nothing to do with God. Cause I'm like, you're the one that allowed me to suffer. You sat here and watched me go through this. You sat here and watched this person say that. And this person do that. And you did nothing. I'd rather just remove myself because clearly I'm the problem. Right, God? Mm-hmm. I remember a friend telling me, um, he was like, have you talked to God about this? I was like, why would I do that? Like, he's seen it. He's watching me. He disrespected. <laughs> like, he saw that. Like, so he was like, no. Like, have you actually been real with God? I was like, he, I, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. He watched me go through that. There's nothing to talk about. And he was like, no. God wants us to come to him with all of that. So, what you should do is just tell him like you just told me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and I know that he knows, but there's something about you going to him, honestly, showing you, showing him that you trust him with this information. Talk to God. Like you talk to me, talk to God, like you would talk to any friend. Mm-hmm. And he was like, even if you end up screaming, even if it comes out angry, even if it comes out harsh, just talk. So I was like, okay. Anyway, I did not take that advice. <laughs> I didn't take that advice until maybe like two months later where I had no choice. I spent Christmas by myself in a hotel room. And that is when me and God got to chopping it up for real. Like I was real angry and I would never speak to God how I spoke to him that night. But it was like, God, I ain't cursing at you or nothing like that. But do you see what they did? Like, do you see what they did? Like, why, why are you letting me go through this? And, um, I don't think I got a direct answer that night, but I remember just feeling better getting it off my chest. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, Oh, okay. I'm glad I'm not, you know, it's kind of odd. It's kind of odd for us to constantly go around the elephant in the room when God can see the elephant too. You know what I'm saying? And he's always with you. So there's just no escape. You might as well just be real. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you might as well just be real. So once I got that off my chest, I was like, hmm. And I scheduled some time to do it again two weeks later. And I was like, hmm. You know? And from there, I just made it a habit. So now depending on how bad God upsets me, I might hold on to it for a night or two and not be like, I'm not talking to you about this right now. Like, I'm just not doing this, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to come back because where else am I going to go? Let's be for real. But that is what changed my relationship. And I recommend that to anybody. It's like understanding that when you're coming into relationship with anybody, you are giving them the opportunity to hurt you. Understand that anybody that knows you well now has the opportunity to hurt you because they're in close proximity to you. So their actions directly affect you. You get what I'm saying? And God is never intentionally trying to hurt you. However, there are going to be some things that he does that upsets you because you're now in close relationship with him. And he's not going to tell you why he's doing everything. Then he wouldn't be God. Right. But it's a, it's a matter of you trusting him with those feelings, going back to him with those feelings. Like, Hey, you upset me. I'm not going to lie. Like what you pull back there? It really made me mad or just coming to him when I'm boohoo crying. Like I don't have no friends or boohoo crying. Like, God, why, why I don't have no money? Like, 
And even just thinking about it, like, I want to cry now, but that's literally what kept me through my entire wilderness was coming back to him every single time. Like, God, why are my dogs sick? Like, mm-hmm. what's what's happening? Like, God, you know, I care about them. You said in your word, you care about them. Why are you letting them go through this? Exactly. And in time, when it was time for me to know why, you know, God will definitely reveal certain things. But it's, again, a matter of us understanding, like, God might open some wounds, or it's more so him just uncovering them so you can see them and allow him to heal at this time. And it's like all about our reaction to that trigger that we're feeling. Like um, Sarah Jakes Roberts talked about this in um, one of her sermons is called glory triggers. And I recommend anybody who's listening, like, please watch that. But it's like understanding that God will allow you to be triggered for his glory. And it doesn't make sense in the moment. But there's something about you being triggered that's quite literally bringing you closer to him and also pushing you into purpose. Yeah, so, that's good. Yeah, it's, oh, you gotta listen to that sermon. I'm telling you, it changed my whole perspective because she went through the same thing like I did, being sent out of state and then being told, okay, go back home and going back home to address all these issues. And it's like, God, why you got me going back here? Um, but again, Sarah Jakes Roberts is living in purpose. I don't know if you've ever watched a recent sermon yeah, from that I, lady, I but watched, she is. I have watched something from her. Not too. I, I can remember a couple videos watching her sermon. Mm-hmm. Her full sermons are no joke. And she's always been no joke. But it's something about from the time she moved back to Dallas that I'm like, yeah, God, I don't know what button you pushed, but this is not the Sarah we knew. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I feel like I've, I've strayed so far from the question. No, oh yeah. But bottom line, <laughs> bottom line, like understand God might hurt your feelings and it's up to you to come to him with those feelings. He's going to know what to do with them. He's definitely going to, again, he leads you into all truth. And sometimes you have to see the ugly truth about you first in order to be able to grab a hold of what he's doing next. So don't let that discourage you, scare you, make you back up. I've given up on God quite a few times because of it. And I always end up right back because where else am I going to go? Exactly. But it's it's all about vulnerability and honesty. And so. I was about to, I, was, I had a couple thoughts because you said that your friend told you to just talk to God. And I was, I was wondering, oh, well, first I just <laughs> want to say God wants us to acknowledge him. Like, because he said, acknowledge, acknowledge uh, me in all your ways. Mm-hmm. And, he wants us to acknowledge him and to know like, okay, you can handle this. I might not be able to hold it, but you can. And I was also going to say, um, that's good. Did you know that you could talk to God like that? Like, did, did you know that you could just like openly just talk to God? And that, no. that's what I think a lot of people don't know. Like you can just, he's a person, like you can talk to him. Like you shouldn't cuss at him. You shouldn't fuss at him. No, for sure. Know, no. Respect. But like, but I know some people who just, you know, been to that point where they just had to do it. But I'm saying, like, like people don't know that you really can just talk to God and he hears mm-hmm. you. He, it's not nothing that he can't see or nothing that he can't hear. Yeah. And, and it's like, um, like David said, if he makes his bed in hell, God is there, too. Like, there's no escaping. So it's really odd for us to try to avoid mm-hmm. Um, but I think, and even to touch a little bit about like growing up, what would threw me off about my friend even saying like, oh yeah, just talk to him like you would a friend. I was not taught that growing up. Yeah. 
Exactly. You get me? I was yeah. taught to fear the Lord. And it's not that you shouldn't fear God, but it's more of a reverent fear. Not, mm-hmm. I was literally in fear that God would strike me down at any moment. That literally. That's where I was at. Literally. So why would I feel like I could come to you about these little petty things I'm going through? Or why would I feel like I can question you about why my life is the way that it is right now if I feel like you just might strike me with lightning? That's why I personally was not able to come to God, or I felt like I was not able to come to God up until my friend brought that perspective up. And I was like, wait, do what? Like, talk to him like a friend. That doesn't even... I thought it had to always start out with our heavenly father <laughs> like yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. father yeah. god who art in heaven like i, I thought we had to be religious. on yeah so god really had to um break the spirit of religion off of me um i i, I had religion i had a religious spirit really bad and one thing that god has um something that god had reminded me of like that really helped to break it completely was the scripture where where Jesus was talking to the Pharisees about you think because you know the scriptures that you're saved mm-hmm. and because they thought oh like we know the word by the word word for word they were so caught up on the knowledge of the scripture that they didn't even realize it they were looking at the one they had been studying about the entire time mm-hmm. that is what actually set me free and um it it shook me to my core because I I have so many people in my life that knew scripture and could quote scripture and they could yell it at you and use it and twist it the way that they wanted to. But it wasn't until I got the relationship because I read the Bible cover to cover and still did not study to understand who, not study the scripture just so that I know the scripture, but study the scripture so that I know who I'm talking to when I pray. Mm-hmm. And that that is what made all the difference for me. Yeah, that, um, that, that makes me think about... Uh... How somebody taught me uh, that, you know, when you read the word of God, mm-hmm. when you read the Bible, it's getting you into being able to be in relationship with God in the in the physical realm, spiritual realm, whatever, so you can really talk to him. So he's going to give you his word back when you're actually talking to him and mm-hmm. in the right context and in the right way, because it's been things that I've I've like I've been writing or, or studying and I'm like, no, nah, this this might not be it because I was, you know, real religious and I was scared mm-hmm. to step outside and and be creative like, you know, God created me to be or be curious. So, yeah, I think a lot of people get stumped by that, you know, fear, fear of, you know, God hates me. God is I, I, I'm a sinner. So, you know, God is ready to just throw me in hell anytime. Yeah, and it just is like if that was the thought process, he wouldn't have died. Exactly. It just doesn't. When we really sit down and think about it, like he already knew you were going to sin. Paul talks about it all the time. You feel what I'm saying? And he still chose to say, yeah, I'm going to die for them anyway. Yeah. So I feel like if we continue to think, oh, I have to live by the scriptures. I need to know the scriptures. by. I mean, we should know the scriptures by heart. We should live by the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But if you think, oh, I have to follow the law, then you nullify what God did at the cross. Exactly. And Paul talks about the dangers of that all the time like oh you think because you're circumcised that that means something and god wants to circumcise your heart literally yes that's good so and uh i think i think the body of christ is getting better at that though because like for sure i think as we get in closer and closer you know to the the end goal mm-hmm. i feel like 
we getting more and more revelation of who Jesus really is or was yeah. and, and like or who he is now and uh like who God is, you know, as a relation from a relational viewpoint and not a religious viewpoint. I and agree. It's, it's really it's really helpful because I'm still you know, I still gotta catch myself sometimes, like, okay, the word says that, but mm-hmm. is this the right context? I I agree. I do believe as a whole we are getting better. Um because I would say it was more so like the generations before us that were really by the book. No, don't do this. Don't do that. Not realizing like some of these things that we're afraid of are man-made rules. Like they're not even in the Bible. And that also changed my life was reading the Bible for myself to understand like some of the things I was taught to follow in church is not in the word, actually. Like you're not going to go to hell for certain things. Like if you wear pants to church, you're not going to go to hell. Wow. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's like, you're not going to go to hell. Because, like, you know, the scripture says, like, oh, a woman shouldn't wear anything that pertains to a man and vice versa. But, like, Mm. Jesus wore a skirt. (laughs) Like, let's be for real. Jesus wore a skirt back in the day. Like, that's not what that means. And we shouldn't take it out of context. Um, But just stuff like that, that I know people believe. And it's like, that's... Yeah, not they, the Bible. They get so scared that they just, you know, start to bash Christianity, you know, and they just get so scared. They're like, so I can't, I can't shave my beard. I can't do this. I can't do that. But like, when you put it in context, this was, this was for the Israelites. Right. They could show everybody else the way to live, you know, as far as being, it was like, it was a, it was, it was a shadow of the spiritual side of things, but. Exactly. But people, people don't, you know, fully understand because, because of fear. And I think, fear is really like up there on a list of things that just gets us away from a relationship with God. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely one of the enemy's greatest tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why the Bible literally says, do not be afraid 365 times. It is the most used phrase in the Bible because it is one of the greatest tactics to get any of us. We all have fears mm-hmm. of some sort, you know what I mean? Um, and it's also important to note that fear is taught so That's us good. being mindful of how we even raising our kids or portraying ourselves around other people is really important. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I, I feel like the enemy is already aware of that. And the, God knew that that's what the enemy was going to use. And that's why it is the most used phrase in the Bible. Yeah. And I got to say one more thing about fear, but no, go when, for it. When, when I think it's second Timothy, but when God says, uh, I've not that he hasn't given us a spirit. spirit. Yeah, it's like, oh my goodness, it's a spirit trying to trying to make me literally what he wants me to do. It's trying to make me go away from God or just not, um, you know, not succeed, not walk into purpose, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you know, to whoever is listening, I just want to say you don't have to be afraid because mm-hmm. if God is for you, nobody can be against you. Can we have it. another question. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about. It's kind of like mixed up but i wanted to talk about uh the the scripture you uh you kept reciting eyes uh haven't seen nor is heard yes okay anything specific you want me to just go ahead ahead. okay so to catch everybody up um eyes have not seen nor ears have heard nor has it entered into the hearts of man what i'm going to do for those who love me um that is 
is it second i get this confused every time i think it's first corinthians 2 9 or second corinthians 2 9 and you would think i would know but i always get the two in one messed up but there's also it's originated from isaiah and the isaiah version of the scripture says for though what he has prepared for those who work for him so basically that is the scripture that god has prophesied over my life and he's literally used different individuals who don't know each other at different times to recite this specific scripture to me and that was the scripture that god used to get me to move to dallas all by myself um there were uh, there was a the third time it, it happened there was an instance i wanted to ask my aunt about her thoughts she called me for my birthday i wanted to ask her like hey you know this is what i think god is telling me and before i even opened my mouth to ask the question she recited this is what god is telling me to tell you in this moment and i said oh <laughs> okay god cool um but one thing i've noticed about that scripture is that i thought that in that I thought, okay, God, you have these great plans set aside for me, right? And it's not that he doesn't. In fact, he says it in Jeremiah 29 11, right? That he mm-hmm. has great plans and an expected end. But please understand that the flip side of that, that we don't really think about when we talk about that scripture is that if eyes have not seen it, ears have not heard, and it hasn't even entered into the hearts or minds of somebody, that means that what you're doing isn't going to make sense to the next person. The blessing isn't going to make sense, but the route to get there isn't going to make sense either. So, you you know, and some things probably won't even make sense to you. There's a lot of things that God has me doing right now that I don't even understand myself. However, I feel his presence more than ever. There are people confirming, hey, like God really spoke through you when you did such this, that and the third. And it's like, I didn't even want to go do that. I didn't understand why God had me do that. But amen. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um. So I just want to let everybody know really and truly like God has a specific path for you. Understand that you're not going to understand 75% of the things that God tells you to do. And that's by design because one thing that I've noticed about God is if I could figure him out, then he's not God. Mm. If I could, if I could put my hands on it, if I can figure out the next move, it can't be God because he says in Isaiah 55 verses eight to nine that his thoughts are not ours. They're higher than ours, just as the heavens are higher than the earth. So if I could figure out the next move, nine times out of 10, (laughs) it's me. (laughs) Like It's me that I'm thinking of. It's my own flesh getting in the way. And um, it's just important to note that you're never going to be able to trace God's next move. And because of that, we have to really just trust. This is what it is to have blind faith. Like he told Abraham, go to a land, I will show you. Mm -hmm. Abraham didn't know the route. (laughs) He didn't know the land. You know, he didn't know any of that, but his obedience, although it made no sense, I'm sure, to his family to pack up and move. This is all they knew. Mm-hmm. Look how it blessed not just him, but all of his descendants. God. His path made no sense. Like me as a reader, I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> go to a land you will show me. I'm not doing that. Like, And that's why he can be trusted to be the father of faith while I just be Carlissa right here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God knew who to send. But my path makes no sense to a lot of people around me moving across the country, then moving back in less than a year made no sense. When God said, Oh yeah, this is going to be your place of rebirth. He did not explain like I would be out there for the, the exact amount of time as a pregnancy. Do you understand? That makes no sense. That revelation hit me like upside the head after I finally listened to God and moved back home. He was like, I told you this would be a rebirth. Do you understand that you are literally out there for the amount of time that a woman actually carries a child? Hmm. He carried me. You get me? Like, he carried me. 
No, that's good. That's so good, God. I got to write that down. But that's good. he carried me those nine and a half months. Mm. You get what I'm saying? And rebirthed me, literally. So it makes no sense. But what I can tell you is I'm not the same person I was before I stepped foot outside of Jersey. I'm not the same person. You came back looking different. Looking different, talking different, acting different. People were like, who are you? Exactly. <laughs> like... Who are you? Even the people that my family had to get to know me again. My family, the people that knew me. I, I spent just nine months away and they had to, I had to reintroduce myself all over again. But lot. understand, like I said, it, it didn't, it didn't make sense to me. There's a lot that doesn't make sense to me now, but for it to be something that I haven't seen, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I haven't thought about it yet. It can't make sense to me and it, it's not going to make sense to you. So I just want to just be clear on that. Like everybody has their own path. Don't be discouraged by the small beginnings. He said in his word, don't despise the small beginnings. Mm -hmm. Let God work it in you. Um, and one thing I wanted to say too, before um, we go, I almost forgot. We were talking about like the suffering, like being refined by the suffering. Like mm -hmm. God literally says in his word, he says it in Isaiah is it 5848 that he has refined us by suffering? Refi I didn't even know that was found in Isaiah because I always think of like the first Peter one, first Peter chapter one, it says that, uh, huh? The suffering of his present time isn't worthy. Yeah, wait, no. No, that's Romans 8 18. Okay. And what I'm talking about is um, that he refines us by fire. Right. And we come out purer than gold because mm -hmm. even gold, it perishes in fire. We don't. So that's another good one, though. Romans 818. If you know me, like I love that scripture. <laughs> like if you know me, I'm a Romans 8 girly, like through and through. I love Romans and that 8. That whole chapter, that whole chapter is just. I think it's one of the greatest books yeah. in the Bible. Like Romans chapter 8 is that work. Like it, it really gets me through everything i mean everything romans yeah, 8 I'll, i've had so many encounters from romans 8 specifically i hold it near and dear to my heart but um <laughs> but no seriously like just really understanding that no suffering doesn't feel good it doesn't make sense but i can i can confidently say that i only know god because i suffered mm -hmm. and um who talks about sharing in god's sufferings is it paul in order to share in his glory, we have to share in that suffering as well. Yeah. Paul is my guy, but a, we really have to. Another verse. Maybe go for another it. verse in Psalms. I think it's Psalms 115 or 116, verse 16. Mm -hmm. It says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And, and it's crazy that uh, God, like, I, I was flipping through my book, my Bible. And I was fasting before I got mm -hmm. down there to got down in my room to read. Mm -hmm. I was just, you know, in pain. And I'm just like, I don't want to pray. I don't feel like reading. I don't want to do anything. But I got down here and did it anyway. And I see that. I see that verse. I don't even look at the wow. top of it. And it just hits me. And all the hunger goes away. All the pain goes away. And I'm just like, okay. Now, he cares when his child gets hurt. He cares when we, we, we die and all those things. But from a, a spiritual level... He cares when we die in our flesh because he knows right. what's going to come out. He knows something greater is coming out. That's so, so good. So That's like, so good. 
Yeah, so we really no, we really like we can read. stop right there. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. It, it really put it in perspective though, because like suffering hurts. It sucks, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it when you get to the other side. The other side of uh, hard uh, or painful, like like it say, it say um in the Bible it say. A woman gives, uh, she she carries a child for nine months, and she goes through all this pain, and she goes through labor. But afterwards, she don't remember none of that because she has, she got a son, she got a, uh, she got a child, John. she got something bringing her joy. That's John. I love that scripture, and that's gonna keep me. I'm, a, I'm gonna definitely post that up when I finally decide to have a child because I need to remember. <laughs> I need to remember, like this is gonna go away. Um. That's so good. And it's like, I feel like if we hold on, even in the midst of suffering and we allow ourselves to be rebirthed, like we're going to die multiple times to spirit. Like I die every day. You feel what I'm saying to my flesh? Cause there's so much I could be doing and want to do, but it's something about getting to the end of the day or seeing the blessing through like God, just, you know, giving me a blessing. Like, here you go. It's like, I do it all over again, God, just to have you like, I do it all over again. Those moments where you just, where he just shows you like, or like he just, you know, good job or, or just, I'm, I'm still here. It just, it's reassuring and it makes you want to keep going. It mm-hmm. makes you want to keep going. That's the only thing that keeps me going, literally. Because mm-hmm. life is getting I just, I just want to just be like, I'm about to go back to the old me. And, but it's like, one thing I thought about too, somebody said it, it's too expensive to go back. Like you paid too much to get right here. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, don't get me wrong, that thought process, like, oh, I God, I'll go back in a heartbeat. And then I remember the depression, the heartache that I just kept putting myself through because I didn't understand that God was enough, that I didn't need another person in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, it's too expensive to go back. Never mind. Never mind. And I might not be your friend, that, but we gonna hang out. Now that you said that, like, when you were talking about uh, everybody might not understand your path, you know, or you might not even understand it, a lot of times we just we want to be seen or acknowledged, we want to be understood, but you know people they change like the weather. So if we trust in their judgment. If we tr- yeah. if we trust in their acknowledgement, we trust in you know them praising us. Then when they turn around and use those kind words and turn them into evil words, we're gonna be destroyed. We're gonna be done because That's they, so like good. we like like Jesus Jesus. Uh, what happened? Uh, I forget what chapter this is in, but uh, mm-hmm. the Jews they were they were trying to uh, I think they were trying to chase Jesus to make him king, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because he was doing miracles, and mm-hmm. he didn't care about that praise though because he knew what was inside man. He said he said they uh, they knew that he was they was fickle, and that they changed. Mm-hmm. You know, they they changed like the weather. So if Jesus yeah. didn't trust us, and he we were created <laughs> through him, that's so funny. Jesus ain't trust us. Why, so why should we trust the next person? Like, why should we trust That's the next so person with, with all of our, our being? With, with if we should, you know, if we're enough or not. That's what I. That's what I'm getting at. You know, um, one thing that like came to mind as you were talking too is like if we put our trust in man. First of all, um, who is it? God is it Romans one, where it says that we traded the truth about God for a lie and we began to worship things that God created as opposed to the creator. And when we put our trust in man, we're literally putting it in something that he created. Mm-hmm. Like you said, man is fickle. Not only that, it's like you've resurrected an idol for yourself. Like once you put your trust in man, 
he already said like you some of y'all put y'all y'all trust in in war horses and chariots and you forgot about me mm-hmm. so let them protect you since that's what you thought could save you i mean that's found somewhere in i think it's isaiah maybe it might be ezekiel i'm not sure but um just understanding like jesus said that anything that's not built on the solid rock will fall It'd be shit. Mm. okay like it's like one that builds their house on sand if it's not built up on him, on the cornerstone, the one that makes everything stumble. So it's like, if we're putting our trust in man, you're already starting off on the wrong foot. You're putting it on a a faulty foundation and God will allow you to do that until it falls in your face to show you that he has always been God. And it happens every time. Like we just, but sometimes we just, we're so, so wired, hardwired in that, so taught that we should trust in man and we should, you know, we should have people (laughs) that reassure us. And mm-hmm. we just keep running back to that place. Insane. It's a God prison. forgive us. <laughs> no, for real. Oh man. But I I'm definitely I definitely thank you for just like accepting the invitation to come on here to be the first person I interview. Thank you for just giving up your time. And I really like I really I'm just, I'm thankful because like, uh, even watching your videos, like it just helps me sometimes like uh, watching your YouTube video, it just mm-hmm. helped me to get a, a, a clear understanding on hearing God's voice just from some of the Praise things God. that you were saying. So I just Praise appreciate God. you. I, I pray that, uh, like whoever watches this is just blessed by it. Amen. Thank you for having me too. I, I genuinely appreciate this conversation. Like you're so wise beyond your years. This this really blessed me and encouraged me. Appreciate and I love what you're doing with this podcast. So I pray that God just continues to bless you and everything you put your hands to in Jesus name. Um, amen. Yeah, man. We got, we got to do this again sometime for, oh, sure. for sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. But thank but you. I thank y'all for listening. I thank y'all for tuning in. Uh, I pray this helps y'all and it helps y'all just stir a fire up in you to just go get closer to God and go be near him mm-hmm. because he is calling you. In this hour, he is calling his children closer, 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 closer. Because mm-hmm. he he said that we are in we are we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ. So mm-hmm. we have to go higher. We have to allow ourselves to abide in him and him and us. So allow this message to bless you and listen to it as many times as you need to. And I thank y'all. This has been a gift of Emmanuel. And remember that God is the gift.